Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. You are listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction Blog Talk Radio Show, founded to increase the national awareness of black women in the construction industry. NABWIC is the charge and takes the charge for black women to advocate for further opportunities to its members. Our mission as a core foundation is to strengthen the building blocks of new educational, entrepreneurial, professional, and social network connections. The vision of NABWIC is to build long-lasting strategic partnerships with first-rate organizations and individuals that will provide groundbreaking and innovative solutions for black women in construction and their respective communities. We invite you to call or text or email family, business associates, or friends and tell them that we are on the air right now. Or they can join us on the Internet by logging in to www.blogtalkradio.com slash N-A-B-W-I-C or by phone at 714-459-3918 and press 1 to join our conversation with questions or comments. Good morning, good morning. This is Jackie Perry, your host for this week's NABWIC Talks. And I just want to say happy Valentine's Day to all of our NABWIC Talk listeners. Today we are building more than just structures. We're building connections, and we get to make a connection with uh, one of our new members uh, today, and we are very, very uh, excited about that. But besides that, it's love. It's a love season, and we are fostering love within our community and celebrating the passion that drives us in construction and in life. So I want to encourage you to grab your hard hats and let's spread some love on this special day uh, because on this special Valentine's edition of NABWIT Talks, we have a very special guest that you don't want to miss. And so, again, go grab those uh, pens and go grab those tablets because uh, we have some special nuggets for you on today. So um, I also want to mention that to help us spread this love around, we have in our studios with us the owner of Ursula's History Shop, author and speaker, Miss Ursula Odom. We also have our consultant extraordinaire out of the D.C. area, Mr. Gerald Barnes, and, of course, our visionary, our leader and mastermind for all things construction, Ms. Ann McNeil. Good morning, Ann. How are you today? Yes, good morning, good morning, good morning, Jackie and everybody. Jackie, I tell you all the time, if I were any better, I would be, yes, you, Ursula, Melody, and all of our listeners put together, it is a phenomenal day here in New York at the New York Bill, and I'm so excited to be here uh, sharing uh, the NABWIC news, if you will, uh, to all of the thousands of attendants here at the New York Bill. But also, Jackie, I just want to continue to remind all of our listeners that, yes, we are the voice of this industry, and we are excited to be represented throughout the United States by volunteers, sponsors, corporate members, and those individuals who continue to help us elevate this brand in the spirit of service. But, Jackie, today when we talk about the spirit of service, 
we must talk about our special guest today, Melody. Very excited and patient to hear her full story as best as we can get it uh, for, uh, for this time that we have, the 30 minutes. So you can almost take a back seat, Jackie, and just kick your heels up and just listen as she shares. As she shares, and Melody, I, I've said this to you before, and I will say it to you again publicly, uh, thank you so very much for your service. You have added a special sauce, a special juice to this organization nationally as you have helped to elevate this brand professionally, ethically, and in so many, many, many different ways with your spirit of service. So with that, Jackie, let's get this party started. Hey, I am in total agreement, and let's get this party started. So thank you for those uh, comments. And uh, so we're going to dive right in. We do have, as Ann said, an extraordinary guest with us today, Ms. Melody Fogarty. She's managing partner and chief business strategy for Dakota Gray LLC, and she is also uh uh, owner of another construction company. I'll tell you that in her bio. But I just want to stop for a moment and just say good morning, Melody. How are you? Good morning to all of you. This is an excellent morning. It's Valentine's Day, and I got to sneak out and get the man something for the day because he's put up with me for 24 <laughs> years. Wow. <laughs> so I'm a little... Uh, <laughs> resident and, and forgetting to go get him something, so I got to go do that this morning. But otherwise, it's a great morning. <laughs> all right. Well, don't do that because that's what this day is all about. So I'm going to read a little bit of your bio, Melody, and then we're going to come back uh, to you in just a second. So Melody Fogarty is the managing partner and chief business strategist for Dakota Gray, LLC. She spends her time delivering strategic planning, exit strategies, and due diligence to start up, turn around, and privately held businesses. Her passion is collaborating with organizational leaders to drive enterprise value by sharing her knowledge gained from Fortune 500 experiences. This passion for driving strategy and execution has been honed by 20-plus years as a Fortune 500 consultant and Chief Human Resources Officer for a variety of industries, both public and private, ranging from startups to those with billions in revenue. Melody helps owners, CEOs, presidents navigate their companies with purpose and precision. She works with industry leaders such as LIXIL Water Technology, um, Bridgestone Retail Operations, Walmart Stores, and many others. In addition, Melody co-founded and operates MFB Home Services. It's a residential, commercial, governmental construction company serving New Jersey and North Philadelphia. And we're all excited about the fact that she is a NAVWIC member, and she resides in New Jersey area with her husband and daughter, and you already heard her say, husband of 24 years, she's got to go get that gift. So we want to, again, welcome Melody Fogarty to the show. And Melody, I have read that bio, and it is very, very impressive. However, I'm sure that our listeners want to hear your story 
in your own words. So if you would, take a moment and just tell us in your own words a little bit more about your background and how you came to do what you do today. So I'm a Midwest girl. I grew up in the Show Me State. Um, My mom was a single mom. I was lucky because my uncle uh, was the first African-American to own a Cadillac dealership called Mercer Cadillac in Alton, Illinois. Um, And I had an opportunity to go to university. I started my university career at St. Louis University, which is a Jesuit university where uh, I spent time understanding multiple different religions. And then I went on to finish my uh, undergraduate and graduate career at state universities in California. And uh, from there I had an opportunity to work for a multitude of different organizations. I chose human resources. I actually have a, I started off with a degree in accounting. And um, in my family we have two two things that we tell young people. The first thing is your 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 first degree belongs to your mother, full stop. This will come back later and I'll tell you why. And the second thing they tell us in the families, and we start small, like when you're really little, is it's not if you're going, it's where you're going. That is your only option. Where are you going to go to school? It's not if you're going to go to school. You will be going. It's just um, there. So that's how I really kind of got started in terms of my movement. And I learned in my career, if you want your career to go fast, then you need to be relocatable. If you want your career to um, grow wide, right, uh, then you want to stay in the same location. It'll go slow, but you can stay in the same location. So that's how I really made many of my decisions. I also, in my first marriage, I was married to someone who was in the military. So that forced me to constantly have to change organizations every three to four years in order to uh, continue that relationship, and then that forces you to move up. I'd also tell you that in my background, I've typically always been the only in the room, and I mean either the only woman, the only African-American, or the only African-American woman in a room. And that has consistently been my fervor. And when I was young, what I learned, uh, like a lot of young people, is you never want to be underestimated. And this will come back later for you again. It is important to let them think that you're less than. Go ahead. Let them do it. Underestimation can actually work for you. Use the laws for you. And I learned that in my career because I was sitting with Lee Scott one day. He had decided to do a leadership council, and he said, why are you here? And I rattled off a bunch of credentials that I had at that time. And that answer was, no, that's not why you're here. The purpose of anybody being in the room is they want your point of view. Have one. Now, in the same vein, he also said, just because you're right doesn't mean you're right. So that was an interesting key learning uh, for me. But my background has consistently been made up of those things. I have had the opportunity to be responsible 
for uh, the operations of an organization several times nationally, as well as covering Canada and Mexico operations, as well as covering China and Japan and Germany, uh, and engaging them in the process of building a culture, either through acquisition or through organic build. Uh, I spent a great part of my time on transformation. How do you transform a company? I can do it for you transparently, or we can do it stealth mode. It's just a matter of when do you want the resistance. So I I say all that to say this. Uh, My background really comes down to a simple concept. Make decisions based on what you'll learn, not necessarily always about how much money you'll make. Okay, repeat that last part again, Melody. You said make decisions based on what you will learn? That's correct. Okay. Not always on how much money you're going to make. Okay, now that's intriguing. So say a little bit more about that, especially the part about the decisions based on what you will learn. What's that all about? Okay. So pick your North Star, whatever it is. Let's say you want to be a CEO, you want to be a um, a developer. In this case, you want to have a real estate empire. What does it take to be successful in that job or in that role? For me, the concept, because ultimately I wanted to be a CEO, was what did I need to know? When you go to university, I have an undergraduate degree and I have a graduate degree as well, an MBA. They're going to teach you theory. Undergraduate degrees, all they really are saying, no matter what you get it in, is I can learn complex concepts. A graduate degree gives you some level of specificity in a particular area. That's really what it does. But the practical application of the theory that you just learned is – is honed in the organizations you choose to work for or you build. So um, I started off in the banking industry, actually. Very first job, I worked for a convenience store. Then I worked for um, a regional bank. Um, and then I went off to university. And I worked for um, a nonprofit Um yeah, I worked for a nonprofit uh, in the California State University system to understand money in terms of how you acquire money and how you manage grants and contracts, right? Then I left. So that taught me how to do grants and contracts So from a, and how to do philanthropy, how to give money um, and how to hold people accountable to what the grant or the endowment uh, is supposed to do. And constantly these things are in the details. Most people don't, um, they miss that part of it, and this is how we lose, is because we don't see the details. Like they they have A and B, and then there's this C down there that negates to some degree A and B. Uh, From there, I went on to work for um, an international organization that dealt in agro agro biotechnology. 
also worked for a technology firm. And the purpose of doing that was to understand um, emerging markets. Um, I wanted to be in the tech bubble. I just wanted to know what that felt like. <laughs> so I got to do it uh, and to understand um, conceptually where the world was going uh, when it came to food and agriculture. Um, then I left that, and I was uh, with Fed. I was with Kinko's right at the time that they got acquired with FedEx. And the purpose of that was to start to understand multi-unit management, understand hub-spoke concept and how to get more with less. Then there was the acquisition by FedEx, um, and that really taught me a lot about acquisitions and mergers and how to do due diligence uh, in terms of that knowledge. I left FedEx Kinko's and went to Walmart. Walmart at the time was building out a professional HR infrastructure for that organization as opposed to what they're doing, what they had been doing. And in that concept, I I learned how to do infrastructure, performance management, um, how to integrate internal talent, organic talent with with, uh, acquired talent, how to do transformation, both transparent and stealth, because they had a process by which they – they manage power within their structure, and they have a break that allows them to they, – they use breaks in your, your tenure in order to do that. So you understand that. But I also understood something that was very unique that I haven't had access to, and it's really how they handle diversity, equity, and inclusion. Fascinating. The things that, you learned, that I learned there about that process really helped me later on in life. I left that. Um, and that's retail, multi-unit management in retail, um, understanding uh, market entry, how do you get into a market, build those relationships, grow the organization, um, leadership development, how do you train people to to lead particularly female leadership. I left that and went to work for Bridgestone, and had to move them out of uh, Edison, Illinois, and get them ready to move to Nashville for the parents' office, um, integrating Japanese uh, management techniques and uh, culture into an Americanized company, which they've been owned by a Japanese company for quite a few years, but their retail operations were an interesting situation. You have to learn how to do that. Plus, they had some... Uh, parts of their organization that had not fully been integrated, they had acquired out of Florida key learnings in that particular process. Uh, then I left them, and I went to work for American Standard, which had been acquired by Lixil, which is that L-I-X-I-L. Uh, so Lixil Water Technologies, which is a Japanese firm that bought a German firm that bought an American firm understanding how you manufacture um, um, p- plumbing fixtures. But more importantly, 
like not only the manufacture of that and the integration of three different cultures, but also understanding contracting, commercial contracting, because uh, American Standard does uh, commercial contracts with hotels and uh, also with uh, prime builders of residential properties and how they make that deal on what plumbing is going into and how they're retrofitting or renovating those particular environments. And so that put me in a place where, one, my spouse who's been in construction for 30-plus years, from California Mm -hmm. all the way over, um, doing residential and commercial construction, how, how does that work for our organization? How do we build that infrastructure? How do we grow our business? Um, from that side of it, and then the consulting side of what I do, which is strategy. How do I um, work on strategies for organizations and their HR infrastructure? I don't personally like accounting, but I can read a financial, um, all the financial documents enough to know if a company is good or bad. So that's what I mean about working for a company, not so much always for the money, but more about what you can learn from them. Well, you definitely have learned a lot of incredible things that I'm sure have aided in your success uh, today. So listen, um, everyone who's been listening, I I know, again, this has been awesome. Uh, Melody has been breaking it down. She's given us uh, some of the secret sauce. She ain't giving you all the tea now. You got to keep listening. But she's been giving us the secret sauce in terms of how we can make this happen. And I failed to mention, I think they did in the commercial, that if you do have a question of Melody, you can join the conversation by pressing star and one on your telephone line. And we've already, Melody, as a result of what you've already shared, been getting some questions off of our uh, social media. So we're going to take just a quick commercial break. We're going to come back. We are talking to Melody Fogarty. She is Managing Director for Dakota Gray and also uh, co-founder of MFB Home Services. So we'll take a quick commercial, come right back, and we'll get into some more questions. Well, my name is Robin Donaldson from Tampa, Florida. My business, Renew Construction Services, we provide construction services. Um, specifically large event cleaning and janitorial services, as well as janitorial supplies. NAVWIC saved my life. It gave me life. It blew life into me uh, because I had found myself in school studying for architectural design, and I did not have an exit plan. So anyone out there who is or who has a dream and do not know how to implement that dream, I would highly highly recommend NABWIC as a place to start because there you're going to get your foundation, you're going to understand your why, you're going to create a plan, and then you're going to be taught how to implement that plan. And when I started with NABWIC, again, I was in school, I just started the company, I was doing residential cleaning. And as a result of everything that I've learned and implemented, I went from the toilet bowl to the Super Bowl. And I couldn't say it any better than that. All right. There's no better way to say it. (laughs) From the uh, toilet bowl to the Super Bowl. And that's what NAVWIC does. It certainly helps 
um, push you from one level to the next. And before we get back to our interview with Melody Fogarty, I just want to say that we encourage you to go onto our website, navwig.org, and check out the developmental things, uh, activities, events that can help grow your business. And one of the things I do want to mention uh, is that we want you to go ahead and mark your calendar for February 21st. That is the day that NABWIC will be having another billion-dollar luncheon. This time the focus will be PP, uh, the three Ps, uh, public-private partnerships and CRA opportunities. So you don't want to miss that, and you can find us on Eventbrite or on our website, along with other events that are coming out for our uh, local chapters and areas. But uh, so go to our website and check that out. I just want to get back real quick because uh, you know our time goes by so fast, and this is so so interesting. I haven't really gotten into many of my questions, and we got questions also from people who are viewing on the Internet. So I'm going to, uh, Melody, welcome you back again. And uh, I want to uh, go ahead and interject before I get to my questions, a question that we did get um, off of uh, our social media. So the question is, as a, a co-founder of MFB Home Services, can you share the challenges and triumphs you've encountered in establishing a construction company, particularly as a woman of color in a predominantly male-dominated field? So for me, it's a little bit different than it's going to be for some of you. <clears throat> for my, from, well, in my situation, um, my husband does all the business development. He goes out um, and scopes out the residential job for us. And this is something that I find with a lot of men who are married to um, women in business, such as, such as these that are male-dominated businesses. <clears throat> so he goes out, he gets the job, he introduces the client to me, and then it, it's, it's on from there. It's typically, that, well, you got to talk to the boss. He's the one who circles them back and says, nope, uh, love to make that decision, but that belongs to the boss. The boss is going to do that. And that kind of breaks down that barrier. As a woman who has to do this job without a male partner, it is difficult to get the job um, because, uh, I don't know. I'm going to put it this way to you. <clears throat> my favorite saying, I say it to my girls all the time, every black woman is born a princess. Some of them will be queen, but none will be pharaoh if they marry a king. And the reason why I say it in that, in that rhyme is, the, is this reason. When you are the CEO and they have the opportunity to defer to man, they will. So what is important is if you have male partners or male employees, they circle the individual back with pride to you as opposed to allowing the um, client 
to circumvent you. Mm-hmm. So, no, thank you for that. That is great, great advice. And, again, I hope everyone uh, is, is taking notes. And I'm going to um, also, uh, Melody, revert back to something you said earlier or, or just kind of summarize a little bit because you mentioned that uh, you actually came from an entrepreneurial background. Your father owned a Cadillac uh, dealership. Uh, you my uncle have, did. Let you know, me clarify. My uncle did. My uncle did. Uncle. Okay, your uncle did. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, so you were uh, already exposed to some of that. And then you've got 20 years under your belt also shaping startups uh, to industry giants. Uh, you've worked with many, many Fortune 500 companies, and you've already kind of scoped out all the different skills and knowledge that you've gained from each one of those. So you've been able to to, to put that all together. So I do have uh, one question of my own, and that's like, um, well, one of the things I wanted to ask was what you enjoy most about what you do, and then tell us what's coming up up next for you. What's next on the horizon? Where are you headed next? So of all those jobs, my favorite job is being executive coach. I really enjoy the opportunity to work with women um, in the areas of leadership. What I find is that when I'm when I meet women who are leaders, <clears throat> they're typically in a position where they're questioning themselves, questioning their ability to lead. Women have a tendency to wait till you, they have all the pieces, and men don't. Like, mm-hmm. men assume you're going to give them a raise. Men assume they're going to give them the job, regardless of whether or not they have all the requisite skills. Women, on the other hand, are like, well, I'm not quite ready. I I didn't do this. I've got, like, these thousand things going. And, uh, uh, and they're coming up with more excuses on why they cannot lead. That's first. You can lead. If you know how to lead, you know how to lead. If you have that skill set, you have it, and you need to go ahead and take those opportunities and chances and those risks Mm -hmm. um, involved. The other thing is holding other people accountable. Women have a tendency to be hard on themselves, extremely hard on each other, but we are hard on ourselves, and we have to learn not to be so hard on ourselves. There's opportunity for error. Men fell up. Women don't believe that you can fail upward, especially not black women. But there is actually something called failing up. And I learned that at Walmart. I was um, I'm thinking about the leader it was, and I can't remember his name. But at any rate, what he said uh, one day when we were sitting in a succession uh, planning session, he said, he said, the next leader of Walmart may have never made a dollar for the company. And what he meant by that is uh, in that environment, you're measured, so there's your soft skills that you're measured by, which are all the competencies of leadership by and large, or your thought leader or your global leader. Um, do you build relationships? Are you a team player? Do you, uh, do you commit to diversity and inclusion? A bunch of soft skills that go with it. But then, and that is, 40% of what's measured on. And then 60% of what's measured on are your ability to hit revenue, expenses, 
and inventory turns. Now, you say, hey, you're sitting in HR. How, how are you expecting? Well, that's, yeah, you are. Um, your overall group, unit, market, region, whatever, if they hit their numbers, that impacts your overall rating. The point of, um, of the process is really understanding in the game, it's not always about hitting that number. And the further you go up in an organization, the less direct impact you have on the number. So you have to be aware of that. It's about your soft skills. Okay. Again, thank you so much. Another nugget. I had heard the term uh, fail forward, and so maybe it may be synonymous with the fail upward. But uh, thank you for sharing that. And that's something I, I believe that I know I will take and resonate that, that resonate with me. Uh, hopefully our listening audience will too. And also, just so you know, um, we're going to be asking Melody how to get in touch with her a little bit later, but some of her contact information is on the episode that's online. But she mentioned that the thing that she enjoys the most is uh, being executive coach, which actually goes to another question that we got from our um, Internet uh, audience. And uh, it says, reflecting on your journey, how do you mentor and support other black women expiring to leadership roles in construction and business strategy? So you may have already partly answered that, Melody, already with your comments that you just made about uh, how much, again, you enjoy being an executive coach. And you gave us already some coaching tips. So thanks for that. But uh, so, audience, I hope that, again, that satisfies you because I do want to move on to another question. And that is, Melody, again, you have um, quite a dossier, uh, your notoriety, your accomplishments, uh, your background, your skill. And this is another question that came in, uh, but I concur. They want to know, what drew you to Nabwick? Oh, Okay multitude of things, but let me just start with this one. So I have lived in New Jersey since 2015. We started um, formerly the construction company in 2016, 2017. All right. Yeah, so right in in there. And um, I wanted to give back to our community, but more importantly, I wanted to be around other black women um, who were in the construction environment. And so then Ia came to me and said, hey, I joined this group. You need to join. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Can I? She's like, yeah, you need to do it. You need to do it. I'm like, okay, I'll do it. And um, so I joined. And it, um, I was just really excited about being with a group who had a sense of focus about what needed to be achieved and the fact that it has a level of brand and strength necessary to move the dime. Now, are we perfect? Absolutely not. We're not perfect, but who is, right? Nobody's perfect. The point is the concept um, and what we're trying to achieve 
is moving in the direction that we need to achieve, which is unity. We need Mm -hmm. to unify and we need to move the dime. And we got to do it quick, y'all, because the world is changing um, a lot and we're moving faster. So, yes, that's what brought me to NABWIC. It was just the desire to unify with other black women and to um, be in construction and to make a difference. Well, we are so glad that you decided to join uh, for that reason, and I agree. We are uh, in this era now where I believe that uh, the women in construction are poised to to unify, to focus, and like you said, move the dime. We can't do it alone, but we can do it together. We're better together. And uh, so thank you for sharing that. Uh, that definitely would have been uh, my question, too. And listen, um, listeners, we are getting so many great questions. I know we're at the top of the hour. We won't be able to get to them all, but um, I will ask uh, this one, uh, Melody. It says, um, okay, given your diverse roles and expertise, what advice would you give to black women navigating their careers in construction and looking to make a significant impact. You've given a lot of great advice already, um, but is there any advice that you can give to black women who are looking to navigate their careers in construction? Yeah, it's the same advice I'd give you in any other environment. Move like water. Move like water? Move like water. All right, that's a hashtag for the day, but go ahead, elaborate. Move like water basically means this. No matter what happens, no matter what they do, you will find your way to the sea. Mm. If you got to change, if you got to go under it, over it, around it, through it, with it, under it, whatever you got to do to get to where you want to be, do it. Mm-hmm. You got to move like water. You got to reinvent yourself. You come sometimes. You got to make yourself small to get through them small tracks. Then you got to make yourself big to get through them big tracks. Sometimes you got to be like the elephant with the little dog yapping behind you. Y'all got to move <laughs> like water. All Nothing right. Stop you. I love that melody, and that's going to be each week we we pick a hashtag from our. Um, I guess, and yours is going to be move like water. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. So no matter what Hi. coming your way, find your way to the sea. You can do it. Hi, Jackie. This is Ursula. I just had to unmute so I could cheer. Woo-hoo! That was good. <laughs> move I like it. water. All right. <laughs> I like that. Hashtag move like water. There we go. There we go. Well, Listen, um, we got so many questions. We're going to have to have you back another time, Melody, but I have to ask you this one. And uh, it um, it's one that we ask all of our guests, but it's a profound one because it helps us add to our uh, list of developmental things uh, for our members. And so I want to ask you to share with us your favorite book, author, or what you're currently reading. So I have two favorite books. So the first book that I'm going to recommend for anyone in a leadership position or not, just within a collective of more than yourself, uh, is The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. 
And the first chapter is the most profound chapter to me because it says it's the law of the lid. It means that a six will never follow a five. What that basically is saying is you will only get as far as the ability of the leader at the time. That is why you don't always have the same leader. You find the person who is the smartest and you put them in the position. You'll understand that if you look at the Rothschilds. They don't choose the head of the family based on um, that person being a boy or a girl or because they're the son or the daughter of uh, the last leader. It may happen, but that's not it. You choose the leader based on who's the smartest and the most capable. That's mm-hmm. the law of the loop. The second book I recommend for everybody comes with what we call an assessment. And I love this book. It's the favorite, my favorite one. I recommend it to everyone. Please do not read this book cover to cover. Read, use this book like a dictionary, okay? It's called Now Discover Your Strengths. You can choose whichever version. Uh, I have the older version, which is by Marcus Buckingham. There's a newer version, but it's all basically the same. When you buy the book, the book comes with a cover. Inside the cover is a code, and that code can be used to take the assessment. The assessment uh, initially will give you your five strengths. This is important. And what the concept is is stop focusing on the things that you get C's and D's and F's in. They will never make you great. No matter how hard you work on them, you really won't make step change. Focus on mm-hmm. the things that you are fantabulous at wow. doing. Okay? And that is the thing that will bring you money and joy. All right. Well, thank you for sharing. So if you didn't get that, let me repeat it. Uh, 21 Irrefutable Laws, and many of you know John Maxwell, so that's a part of his collection, book 21 Irrefutable Laws by John Maxwell. And then now, Discover Your Strength, and that was by Marcus Buckingham. And uh, like you said, uh, there's an assessment that's there. You can take that. And I love what you said, too, Melody. Focus on those things that you are fantastic with. Fantabulous, that's the word for me. But, hey, we'll take it. We'll take it. <laughs> so those are uh, two recommended readings that we have for our NABWIC listeners on this week. So thank you very much for that, Melody. And um, the last thing I would like to ask you, you have shared so many valuable nuggets with us. And, again, I have to say it, you know, you got the secret sauce. And so if you would tell our listeners uh, how they can um, get in touch with you should they want to continue this conversation in um, some manner or form. And then the last thing I would like for you to do after you've done that is um, any last thoughts. I mean, you shared a lot with us, but there might be something that you want to leave with our listeners as we close the the podcast today. Sure, absolutely. So um, if you're looking for support and leadership or HR services or you want to um, switch out your payroll or benefit services, by all means, reach out to me at Dakota Gray. I do resell those services um, 
and we'll do an RFP for you so that we can find out or find a service for you that's uh, more effective for what you want to have done. If you need an executive coach, you can also reach out to me through Dakota Gray. Um, the direct number is 609-288-7596, and it's just mfogarty at dakotagrayllc.com. That's that particular service. <clears throat> if you want to partner on a construction opportunity, then you can just reach me at services at gmail.com. We'll stop. All right. So other great things that are going on that I'd like to share with you. I am facilitating the Elevating Leaders for Mercer Community College. Uh, if you're interested in participating in that program, they are accepting applications through February 23rd. The classes will run from March 8th until June 8th. I'm sorry, it's March 15th, I believe, until June 8th. But I'd be excited to have any of you join that particular class, but they are accepting accepting applications through uh, February 23rd. Um, and this is in support of the New Jersey Black Women's Collective this year. Uh, but, hey, we should all give back to the world. So if you don't tithe to the church, then tithe your time. Um, find something that you want to give back to and give them your four hours per week um, because we all need it. Let's learn to live the soft life. Uh, Jackie, yes. Melody, real quick, just wanted to come on and share. I, I read both of those books that you recommended, and it just helped me to better understand a little bit more about you. Uh, Melody, thank you so very much for sharing, and you're absolutely right about both of those books. And we have a book of the year this year on behalf of Maverick, which is Eden is Revisited. And want to encourage all of our listeners. And, Jack, I really want to also encourage us to share it on the podcast every time we get a chance because every time we ask that question uh, of a guest, what they're reading, it tells us a lot about the individual, but it also helps us to share uh, in the spirit of service and elevating our listeners to tap into the resources that are elevating our, 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 our guests. So just wanted to share that and say thank you so very much for joining us today. Great job. Thanks. Yeah, thank you, Anne, for uh, sharing that as well. So I am probably in my uh, second round of reading uh, EMS Revisited, but like you, uh, definitely. I've read a lot of John Maxwell's books. I've never read The 21 Irrefutable Laws, though. So that's my uh, my next pick. And uh, we mentioned now The Step of Your Strength. So, again, both excellent uh, resources that we like to recommend for those of you in the, the listening audience. And we also want to say, again, we can't really say enough, but we want to say thank you to our guest this morning, Melody Fullity. Uh Melody, you you provided us with so many nuggets, as I've already said, and we appreciate you. I know there's a lot more that you can share, so we definitely have to get a time where we can get you uh, back on the show. But for now, this show is going to be evergreen, so we're just asking our listeners, if you would, uh, you can go out at uh, blogshotradio.com backslash NAVWIC, and you can listen to this show again. 
because, again, I know there's something that you uh, miss on that first hearing. But you can listen to it again. We've been talking with Melody Fogarty, Managing Partner and Chief Business Strategist for Dakota Gray and also the co-founder of MFB Home Services. And her contact information, again, will be on that episode. But if you are needing payroll and RFP, she can give you an RFP for that. Uh, if you need to connect uh, for construction opportunities, uh, you can connect and reach out with her for that too. So I want to thank everybody for listening to the special Valentine edition of Network Talk. And on this day of love, again, we want to express our heartfelt appreciation to each of you for your unwavering support and dedication. And just like the strongest of structures, is love and passion that lay the foundation for everything that we do. So next week, we'll be back again for another episode of Navic Talks. And I want to thank you again, Molly, for being our special guest and for giving us our special hashtag for uh, this week, Move Like Water. Thank you so much for listening. This concludes our show. Thank you for listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction. For more information about NABWIC and our membership, please visit us on the web at www.nabwic.org. We are the voice of black women in construction. Have a great and prosperous day.